Well, it is good to have everybody joining us today, especially those of you who are with us for the very first time. We love it when new folks join us. And so if you are a guest with us, we would love to be able to connect with you. And the easiest way to do that is if you text the word welcome to 817-755-1668. We just want to find out how we could uh, potentially minister to you and your family. So we'd appreciate that. We'd also love to invite you back (coughs) to be a part of our in-person services Um, When we restart those once again, so we're online only today, we're online only next week, January the 3rd, and so we'll plan to be back together on our normal schedule on January the 10th at 9 o'clock and 10.30, and then, of course, 10.30 online. So glad to have you with us today. You know, we live in what is sometimes referred to as a post-truth world. What that means is that facts no longer matter. It's really all about emotions. In fact, the Oxford Dictionary in 2016, I didn't know this, but they have a word of the year, and their word of the year in 2016 was post-truth politics. And what they mean is that in politics, facts don't matter as much as what motivates people emotionally because that is far more likely to get people to act. Now, our purpose today is not to talk about politics, but really what my purpose is, I just bring that up to say that with all that is happening in the world, all that has happened in the world, nobody knows what to trust. It seems like, and this is kind of weird, but it seems like people will believe anything while questioning everything. It's interesting all that's happening because I think what has been happening more recently with politics and other things has been happening with the Bible for a number of years. People will say you can't really trust the Bible. I mean, it's changed so much over time. Uh, How do we know that those things are really true? Because they were written so much longer after the fact. It doesn't take much of a Google search to come up with all kinds of different conspiracy theories about the Bible or reasons that the Bible can't be trusted. And so with all of this that's out there, maybe things that uh, people have heard from others, I think there are probably a lot of people that would say, if they're honest, like, I want to believe the Bible, but how do I know it's actually true? This year in our Sunday sermons, we're going to be studying through the book of Luke. And we're going to see some incredible things in Luke's gospel. We're going to see some incredible stories of what Jesus did. We'll we'll see some of his teaching. But I think there are a lot of people, in light of what they've heard about the Bible, wonder whether or not those things that we read in the Bible, in Luke's gospel, can actually be trusted. And so that's what I want to talk a little bit about today, how we can trust what we find in the gospel of Luke. So if you have a Bible close by, you can grab it and turn with me to Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Luke 1, 1 through 4, here's what it says. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered to us, it seems good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things that have been taught. So in those verses, we see the purpose for Luke's writing, writing his gospel. Gospel literally means good news. And so when we refer to gospels in the Bible, we're referring to 
good news about Jesus. So we have four of those Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's important to understand that they aren't just history. They're, that doesn't mean they're not historical. I absolutely think they are. Uh, but all of the stories, all of the events that are included, the teachings that are included, are included for a reason. That each of the gospel writers was writing for a purpose. And it's in these first four verses of Luke's gospel that we read his purpose. He was writing to tell Theophilus that he could be certain about the things that he had heard about Jesus. That the things about Jesus were true. We'll come back to that in a minute. But again, I think the question is, in light of all of this, how can we actually trust it? How do we know that these things about Jesus are actually true? I'll try to answer that question today. Let's start with talking about Luke. Who was Luke? Luke wasn't one of the 12 disciples or apostles, but he was a close associate of the Apostle Paul. He actually wrote two books in the New Testament. He wrote the book of Luke and then also wrote the book of Acts. In fact, scholars oftentimes put those two books together and refer to them as Luke-Acts. It's like Acts is volume two of Luke's writing. So the book of Acts, we actually find Luke in the book of Acts. Because about halfway through, he goes from saying they did this and they did that to we did this and we went there. And so those first person pronouns, it's a reference to Luke. So Here's the important thing. Luke wasn't just some random person writing a research paper, but he was somebody who was in the inner circle. The other thing that's important to know about Luke is by trade, he was a doctor, a physician. You can think of him like a scientist, somebody who is looks at the evidence and then draws a conclusion based on the evidence that he finds. And while I said before, Luke wasn't just some random guy who wrote a research paper, here's the interesting thing. He did actually do research in writing his gospel. He's putting together an orderly account. He talks about eyewitnesses that he talked to. So what Luke did is he did some research, talked to eyewitnesses, taking the stories that he had heard, likely even other written sources, and put them together to write an orderly account to Theophilus so that he would know that what he had heard about Jesus was in fact true. So that's the purpose of Luke's writing, to write an orderly account to Theophilus. Now we don't know who Theophilus was. In fact, some people don't think Theophilus was a singular person, a single person, but that what Luke was doing was writing to all people who love God so that they could be certain of the teachings of Jesus, the things that they'd heard were actually true. The reason for that is Theophilus means lover of God. Now, Theophilus was a relatively common Greek name around the time of the first century. That's why we don't know exactly who it was, but likely it was an individual person, maybe even a government official who would have wanted to, with certainty, know these stories about Jesus so that he could share them with other people. Now, as we think about this, so maybe another question that people would have is, well, again, how do we know that these things are actually true? Maybe Luke thought they were true, but how do we actually know? Weren't they written down such a long time after the fact that it's possible that the stories changed, the legend of Jesus grew to the point that many things were included that weren't actually a part of the stories of the real Jesus? Because I've heard that there are other gospels, we'll talk about those in a minute, that 
tell us who Jesus really was. What about that? Was it really written way after the fact? Let me try to answer that question. Most scholars believe that the Gospel of Luke was written somewhere around 60 or 61 AD. Part of the reason for that is that it is something that's not included in either the Gospel of Luke or in the book of Acts. Because what's not included in Luke or Acts is the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. That happened in AD 70. This is a really significant event for anyone in and around Israel because when the temple was destroyed, it changed the way of life for all Jewish people because the sacrificial system ended at that point. So if you're writing at that period, anything related to Jewish life and history, which Luke was as he writes about the life of Jesus and then what happens in the, in the early church in the book of Acts, you're going to include it. And Luke didn't. And so for that reason, people date the writing of Luke's gospel and the book of Acts prior to AD 70. And so you, again, you back that up and you look at right around 60 or 61 AD. Now, if you're following along, you might think, well, wait a minute, that still seems like a long time after the life of Jesus. Jesus was crucified around 30 AD. So it was approximately 30 years later that Luke wrote his gospel. Now, when you stop and think about it, though, it's not really all that long. Now, to us in the Twitter world that we live in today, it seems, 30 years seems like a really long time, but it wasn't a long time in the first century because things were very different then. Uh, news wasn't written down the same way that it is today. News and important things weren't communicated that way. They were communicated in stories. Even if you wanted to write something down, the literacy rate was so low that... People couldn't read it anyway. And so they communicated important things through telling stories over and over and over again. And they would always get those details right. So that's why it may seem like a long time to us, that 30-year gap. It's really not that long at all. And in fact, Luke, you know, he talks about talking to eyewitnesses. So in Luke's research, he was talking to people who were there. 30-year gap, yeah, it seems like a long time to us. But there were still people alive who were there when Jesus was doing what he was doing. And the other thing about that is if these things weren't true and accurate that Luke was writing, people could have said, you know what, that's not how it happened because I was there. That wasn't real. And we have no evidence of that at all. Now, I want to be honest about this, though. We don't have Luke's original manuscript. In fact, we don't have any original manuscript of any book in the Bible. Now, on the surface, that sound might sound a little bit concerning. Like, so how do we know that things are true if we don't have the original? But when you stop and think about it, it makes sense why we don't have the original writing. We don't have the original because when Luke wrote it, he wrote it on animal skin and scripture was written on animal skins and other biodegradable material that would have broken down over time, especially when these writings were used. And so as soon as Luke wrote his gospel, writing it out by hand, there's no uh, computer, there's no word processor, there's no typewriter, so things took longer. And so as soon as he writes it out, somebody else takes it and begins to copy it. And then that original is spread around because they want these stories about Jesus to spread out to the world. And so over time, these things, these manuscripts break down. 
Now, what we do have, though, are manuscripts from as early as 175 AD, which, again, it might sound like a long time to us, but to scholars of literature, not just biblical literature, this is actually incredibly early. You know, those people who talk about the other Gospels that tell us the real story of Jesus, Gospels like the Gospel of Thomas or the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. You might have, if you watch stuff on TV, you might hear reference to that from time to time. Those Gospels are dated several hundred years after the Gospel of Luke. And you know, the earliest manuscript that we have is from 500 AD. And so having said all of that, here's the point. I don't want you to miss this. What we have in Luke's Gospel, I think, is true and is real. It tells us the real stories of Jesus. They're not just legends or fables, but Jesus actually did the things that we're going to be reading about. And so we're going to see some incredible things about Jesus in Luke's gospel. We'll see some of his teachings and miracles. The interesting thing about Luke's gospel is that he has an emphasis on people, often people in the margins or people who are overlooked talks a lot about how sinners can be forgiven and welcomed close to Jesus. He actually talks a lot about interactions that Jesus had with women and how Jesus invited them in to learn from him and he acknowledged them. And this is really significant in the culture because rabbis were told don't waste your time teaching women, but Jesus did. Luke has an emphasis on Jesus's parables. Parables are stories with a point and they help us to understand what faith is really all about. But more than anything else, here's what we're going to find. We're going to find a Savior who loved us so much that he was willing to lay down his life for us so that we could be brought into a relationship with him. And all of those stories are real, and it really happened. And as we understand who Jesus is and all that he accomplished for us, our lives can really be changed too. So I hope that you're excited about our study that's coming up. Love for you to join us again next week and then when we gather together in person on January the 10th. And maybe you want to invite somebody to come with you. Somebody that maybe is looking to try to understand who Jesus really is and what he really did. Because that's what we're going to focus on, especially in the first few weeks. Something else that we're doing this year is we are challenging everyone to read through the New Testament. In the Version Bible app that we often reference in our services because we have a live event there, they have reading plans. And so the Bible Project has a reading plan for the New Testament. So every day of the week it gives a little bit, it's about a little less than a chapter a day, uh, so that we can read through the New Testament together over the course of the year. And we can actually do it together as a group. And so if you want to do that, we'll provide the link for you and you can join our group as we read through it together. I'll actually be posting videos on our Table Devotional Facebook page on a weekly basis just to preview what we're going to read through that week. There are things that um, are really significant to point out so that we understand the context and what's happening. We'll do that there as well. So really excited about that studying through the book of Luke, reading through the New Testament, really getting a deep dive into who Jesus was and all that he accomplished for us. Because again, as we understand who he was and what he did, our lives can radically be changed. And so again, I hope you're excited to join us over the course of this next year as we study Luke's gospel together. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thanks for the reliability of your word. Thanks for allowing us to read it and study it 
Thanks for preserving it for us. And Father, I pray that as we take a deep dive into the life of Jesus over the course of this next year, that you'd help us to understand more about who he was, what he did, how much he loved us, what he accomplished for us. And I pray that through this process, God, our lives would be radically changed. Again, thanks for the hope that we have because of Jesus. We are completely dependent upon him. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.